Hi, I'm Curtis Childs, and these 200-year-old books have totally changed my life, and I think that they can change yours too. Today we're talking about how angels can influence your thoughts. Do you ever think about your thoughts? Your thoughts are actually composed of these little units called ideas, and each idea has its own structure to it. And the nature of those ideas and the nature of that structure are all heavily influenced by what angelic communities we're hooked up to. It's news from heaven. Angels can influence your thoughts and it's through this grand consciousness machine that Swedenborg describes in a lot of places but gives some really crucial high-end detail about in Secrets of Heaven 6599. I was quite happy when I stumbled across this. It gives you a little insight into the, the what it is to think and why do we think, why are we like we are? Come on, man. What, is the, what kind of trailer is that? But before that, there's something we were talking about before, one should know that a person's thought consists of distinct and separate ideas and that one idea follows another just as one word follows another in speech. It's obviously terms you're familiar with, I mean, semantics, you're familiar with thought, you're familiar with ideas, maybe you have your own definition of what each of those are and how they're distinct from each other, but Swedenborg is laying out how he's going to use these technically to describe something, and describe something that you probably didn't think of about thought. So, let's say we're going to, you can think of writing something. Let's say I wrote, this is cool. Right, so it's obviously separated into different words, right? That's all I just want to say. I'll be right back to it. But the ideas constituting thought follow one another with such speed that thought seems to a person while he is in the body to be continuous, and therefore without any separate divisions. Here's the mental exercise. When you we talk, we know we talk in words. When we write, we know we write in these distinct units. This is cool. When you think of something, though, I, I know there's a kind of thinking that is just, okay, think, this is cool in your head. Right, that is obviously in words. But now I'm going to say, imagine you're sledding down a big hill, and there's a white snow all around, and you turn hard and you can feel it. So right there. It didn't seem like they were words. You, you had pictures, you had this stream of thought. And Swedenborg is saying, even though it seems like it's just this one thing, it's actually made of these little units. This is cool. There are these little units within that idea. There are these little units that are, I mean, within that thought, which Swedenborg is here calling ideas. And it seems like because it's sort of like frames in video. You're moving through them so fast that you just think video is one continuous thing, but it's actually 24 or 60 or anything in between, it seems like these days, number of still images that make up this video experience. That So your thought actually has these little subunits called ideas. In the next life, however, it is plain to see that thought is distinguished into separate ideas, for there they talk to one another by means of ideas. So whatever we're following one after the other. Whatever bits of code we're following to create this 
I'm sledding down a hill experience that you had in your mind, right? Whatever it was that went into that, those units are how spirits talk to each other. This is why Swedenborg says that at the level of our spirits, we all speak the same language. Everybody, everybody in the human race speaks the same language, and it's the language of ideas, of how you, if you, because you can say to anyone in the world, think about water, and everybody pulls up these ideas, or even to get a little more abstract, you know, think about love with somebody you love, and we pull together these ideas to make that, and that's how spirits talk. Spirits don't talk by taking ideas and then trying to fit them into words and then put those words in someone else's mind and that word gets translated back into their ideas of what that word is. It's just direct idea to idea. Now the nature of the situation with thought and its constituent ideas must be stated. A person's thoughts, here we go, spreads out into the communities of spirits and angels round about him. And its ability to understand and perceive is determined by its extension into them. That is, by the influx from them. So this is how consciousness works. We've got a couple of separate thoughts to break out here. First, we've this idea that our thought spreads out into the communities of spirits and angels around us. We often in this show depict the mental landscape as this kind of like a weather pattern where you have the good thoughts and feelings here trying to get in and the clouds of the mind trying to get you wrapped up in stuff that makes you unhappy or frustrates and uh, hinders your progress toward what's free and happy and everything we're looking for. What Swedenborg is asserting is that you have a body, but you also have a spirit, right? You've got a spirit inside you, okay? And inside every bit of your body, there's a spiritual counterpart to it. And that spirit is in the spiritual world. And so when we want to think, we actually reach out into the neighboring communities of spirits because you're somewhere in the spiritual world, and all those spirits are living in their spiritual communities, and it's like like you want to send a search query on your phone. Do you do this on your phone? You, you go out to a server. Well, these are like our servers. So all of these negative communities, when the negative thoughts are coming in, are we were extended into those. We're also extended, though, into communities of angels, which are extensions of God. So it's so the sum total of who we are is these connections to these different communities. As a consequence of this, one idea that goes to make up thought contains countless facets, more especially so one thought composed of ideas. So thought is not only broken into units like words, it is actually like there are little letters in each word. There are subcomponents to each element of thought that you have. And that is how you can actually, in one thought, you know, if you're, you're doing some kind of assessment of yourself or of a situation or of an idea, that can actually be the sum total of influence from a huge number of spiritual communities because they're each influencing some little facet or some little part that makes up this thought. And you think about the thoughts that really get you excited 
and how many different kinds of angels and their way of life can be pouring into that, how much of heaven is in that good thought. Or you think about the stuff that scares you, the picture of life that the picture that is painted in your head that convinces you that it's hopeless or that you are a loser. They, that kind of stuff seems impenetrable. It just seems like it's a reality, but actually you can break it down into its little components, the little, like the little props and things that make it. And that is traceable back to these communities of negative spirits. I have been shown quite plainly that a person's thought, also that of spirits and of angels too. Oh, it's not just us here. Angels are all getting their ability to cognate from the awesome, wise, and loving company that they're in. Radiates out into numerous communities in the spiritual world. But that the thought of one person does so in a different manner from that of another. You think... You might think, okay, well, aren't you erasing our individuality? Because what we're used to thinking of as us is what makes me unique is, well, just draw another profile here. There we are. What makes me unique is my particular gray and white. Is there white matter in the brain? I don't know. My particular brain, how it's all set up, right? That that makes me me. And But you're saying that me is just a confluence of all these spiritual influences. So am I really something? Yes, we are all a confluence of influences. I, I think you can argue that purely on the physical and sociological level as well. But we're all a confluence. Our consciousness is a confluence of spiritual influences. But no two people are the same combination. That we, the way we receive and which communities we're hooked up to, and how deeply we're in them. You think of a giant network where all these unique nodes on that network, that there's no place in which the same things converge and are received in the same way anywhere else in humanity as there is in you. And we can actually upgrade, continue to upgrade just how we're hooked in. We can prune ourselves. So that I might have sure knowledge of this, I have been allowed to talk to some of the communities to which my own thought has penetrated. Like Swedenborg can look at the tag on his thought processes and go and visit the factory. And from this, I have been able to know what was flowing into my thought and which community it came from, as well as the location and the essential nature of that community and to know all this in such a way that I could not be mistaken. The essential nature of that community, isn't it useful to know when somebody says something to you that is offensive and harmful? Doesn't it help to know when you, you're, whoa, this person just said this, did this really heinous thing to me, but then you go talk to people that they know or people that they've grown up with, and they say, oh yeah, that person is a narcissist. Oh. I get it. This person is messed up. And so that colors the way that I see their attack on me. Oh, it makes it instead of like, wow, this person is just this good assessor of how things are. And is that is what they said about me? Is that true? 
am I really that? Well, they said it. But you know, oh, the essential nature of that person is that they are, for whatever reason, they've got this dysfunction, and so they're lashing out at you, and they're trying to manipulate you, or they're trying to make themselves feel better. It's suddenly, that's how you can get out from under that kind of harm. Or, on the reverse side, if there's a plumber comes over and says, you need to get your water heater replaced, and it's going to be $700. And you say, oh, do I really need to do that? If you talk to people and they say, oh, yeah, that plumber is, is totally trustworthy. That's actually, they're, they're giving you a really good price on that. Then you know, okay, I can do this thing without having to worry about am I being taken advantage of. So knowing the essential nature of the community of the, I mean, of the individual is great. How about the same thing applied to the, the beliefs you get about yourself and the feelings you get toward other people, the mental phenomena, to be able to go in and understand where this came from. Is this, is this true or does this have some other agenda to it? What could be a better ability than this perception that Swedenborg is getting here? The extension of the thoughts and affections of man, spirit, or angel into different communities is what determines how much ability he has to understand and perceive. Something cool about that is, rather than thinking, well, why is this person so much smarter and wiser than I am? Are they just a superior creation? No, it's just that they've, uh, for whatever reason, Providence has created more their root system is bigger. Like, this is just, they're, they're more of a confluence of more ideas, but it's not like they're just this, like Albert Einstein is just, wow, how, how is he so much greater than the rest of us? No, it's just, he was the right confluence of some kind of heavenly communities that got this wisdom out of God, and that's how divine providence is giving it to the human race. How you doing? A little bit out there, right? Communities contributing to thought. Sure, it's weird sounding initially. Everything that, but... Things that are true are weird sounding. Things that, that we're not really arguing whether or not they're true are weird. The, the idea of atoms and that most of this stuff that feels solid is empty space. There's actually a, just a teeny little bit of marble sized in a football field matter in this thing. That's super weird, but it's true. <laughs> so you got to look at what, what does it teach us that is actionable in the world. So atomic theory leads to all this sort of stuff we can do in technology and everything. If you look at the way Swedenborg is describing consciousness, apart from the, whoa, wait, what? Does it solve these conundrums that we live with every day about the nature of the thoughts and feelings we're getting? And why do some of my thoughts seem so aggressively antagonistic towards me? How amply the thoughts and affections of a person in whom the good of charity and of faith are present extend into the communities of heaven depends on the degree to which those forms of good and also genuine good reside with him. For all these kinds of good are in harmony with heaven and therefore flow spontaneously far and wide into it. You're not a blank slate. That's why I drew this blue coming out here. It's not just that you're, it's just about what communities are around and you're hollowed out. It has to do with, if you have something in you that, let's say, that, that answers to what exists in a fuller form here, then it can resonate in. This is also why we try to put spiritual concepts into us, because when we have even the crude ideas of that, 
remember, spirits work in terms of ideas. So if we even just develop a sort of a, okay, that, and then where it is in its complexity and essence, you know, all the little features and nodules that this has, whatever this great truth about life is, now this community can start to get into us and, and do good heavenly things for us. There are nevertheless some communities into which an affection for truth and others into which an affection for good reaches. So you've got your heart reaching out to certain angels. You've got your mind reaching out to certain angels. But look at what it is that does the reaching, the affection. So it's almost that, oh, I, I, love, I love what's good. It's the affection that goes out and says, wait, what, what do you got? That's my interest that goes out, and then it's the ideas or, or the, the feelings that come back in and, and answer to that. But on the other hand, the thought and affection of those who are under the influence of evil and falsity extend into hellish communities. How far they extend, likewise, depends on the degree to which evil and falsity reside in them. So you can be thinking... Ah, yeah, you know, yeah, I've got these negative thoughts that are banging around here, but whatever, I kind of keep them to myself. That, you know, could well be an access point for the same kind of negativity that's trying to drag you down and get you to harm people and everything. Good motivation to, like, let's purge what what station we're tuned into. Do you kids remember when you used to tune into stations? It has been stated that the thought and affection of man, spirit, and angel radiating into communities radiate into communities round about, and that understanding and perception arise from this. But it should be recognized that this was a statement only of what seems to happen. That don't trust Swedenborg, <laughs> meaning don't get too rigid about it, because he's saying, yeah, 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 I told you that this happens, but that's just how it seems. Since no inflow of thoughts and affections takes place into those communities, only from them, and indeed by way of the angels and spirits present with a person. So it seems like he's saying, it seems like you spread out into those communities, but it's really that you open up and they come in. Because as has been said, for has been shown at the end of previous chapters, all influx takes place from what is more internal. Thus among the good, it it is an influx from heaven, that is, from the Lord by the way of heaven, and among the evil it is an influx from hell. Where do you want your influx to come from? I can tell you, hell will say, this is great, look what we're giving you, this is so great, doesn't it feel good? In the end, though, it's a bad deal. It has all these side effects, and it doesn't do what's actually on the bottle. And all this comes in by way of angels and spirits. Heaven, on the other hand, the influx from heaven you, there's nothing else you'd want coming into your mind. And that this is actually worked by not just there's communities of angels out here, but there are individual angels with you that are similar to who you are and are connected one with your heart and one with your mind. Likewise, we've got these evil spirits or people who are devoted to the influx from hell because they like the pleasure of harming people and ruling people and everything else that comes with evil. And both of those are kind of vying to say, hey, look, let me bring my people. Let me get my people. Let me show you this. Tune into this podcast. You watch this news channel. They're both, both sides are trying to get you, hell in a much more pushy way, to adopt their mind, their way of life. 
So we got to think, okay, well, where do I want to extend? Where do I want to be? What neighborhoods do I want to reside in? Who do I want to be listening to? You get out there and it's now more important than ever to do that in the world because there's so many sources of information and some are good and some are not good. Some are misleading. Do the same. Be, be media savvy in your mind in the same way. We can think of it. Look, just because this is, this is radiating in doesn't mean it has to be me. In the end, we become this node in the network based on what we choose to love. So there's a potential for all of us to get this awesome connection to the rest of goodness and truth and become this little connector and eventually be part of these angelic communities ourselves and help them to spread the good love and truth to other people as well. And that's how angels can influence our thoughts, and that's the news from heaven. Well, you made it all the way to the end, which means you're very brave because this is some grade A weird Swedenborg stuff. But what I'd love to know is, leave a comment, Is it does, does, does it do something for you? How do you use it in your life? Because how do we know that it's true? How do we know that it's good? It's got to have some net impact. It's got to be freeing. So let me know, how is it freeing for you? How does it clarify things? And if it doesn't, of course, it's YouTube. Leave that comment as well. Thank you so much for watching. We are a not-for-profit. Do you want to support us? Do you want us to be able to make weird stuff? YouTube, oh no, I'd say off to lefteye.com slash donate. That's how you can support our nonprofit efforts. Thanks for watching. Talk to you again soon.